Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Monumentally relieved. Um, bom, the orders. Hey, La Bomba. Yeah. Everyone in Edmonton loves that. Of course. You know, why Why wouldn't Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't Catcher um, for uh, Joey Moss and Ben Stelter, uh, then you need a heart transplant. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I always get choked up just thinking of that little kid. So yeah. <sighs> anyway, tonight. Yeah, that's good. I'm that's so focused on game grades and Maybe scoring chances. Really, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, so the orders won five three, Bruce, and um, man, that was a scary game. The Oilers were the best team. The grade A shots were um, 16 to 8 for the Oilers. And the five alarm shots were, um, that's a subset of the grade A shots. The five alarm, the very best scoring chances. Where a goalie's really called upon Mm -hmm. to come up big. It was 9 to 4 for the Oilers. So they, you know, they, on the very, very best chances, the Oilers were totally dominant, and yet the Flames found a way to get back in this game, which, which was extremely frustrating, honestly, mm-hmm. and uh, for a number of reasons, which we'll get into, but Edmonton won. How are you doing? It was, it was very, very odd uh, in that Calgary dominated the the standard, uh, you know, shots on goal, and especially shot attempts to the tune of 76 to 41, I believe it was. Uh, but we saw the Oilers as having the better uh, the better chances and better better looks, at least shots that they got on goal. At, I think it was 7 to 2 in the first period and, and even in the second and then 6 to 3 in the third. Mind you, they got a couple, you know, on that late power play, Nuge got a couple of good looks there, but yeah, uh, yeah. there was... Uh, um, it was a real dichotomy between shot volume, as uh, Todd McClellan would say, and shot quality. And it's not so, that that's not that's sometimes the case. It's not you yeah. know not unheard well, some, of. Some of it's just freakishness. I mean, the goal <coughs> that Edmonton got was a was a five alarm shot for Nugent Hopkins because yeah. of the type of mistake that Markstrom made coughing up the puck. Whereas the gift goal that Calgary got was a grade C chance only because we don't have a grade D, E, or F where it probably truly belonged. Grade Z. <laughs> Other than that, never in doubt. Do Canadians still say Z or is that just old people like us, Bruce, who say Z? Do Z? Oh, I think we say Z. <laughs> We do, but do do young people say it? I'm just all right, Uh, Bruce. This is our two good things, two bad things, Mm -hmm. and two numbers podcast. We'll go with two good things each, but we're going to start it off. (coughs) Excuse me, with a bad thing. I'm fighting a cold here, so we're going to start off with the bad things because, like, I mean, you got to start with this. And this is Mike Smith's. um, What was it? 124 feet? Is that 132 feet? Yeah. So, Mike Smith. Um, he wasn't overly tested this game. He did make some big saves, Bruce, in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He stopped Gaudreau. He stopped Lindholm yeah. a couple times. There yeah. were some big saves on his part. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he could have done better on the backland goal. Yeah. Um, maybe mm-hmm. on the power play goal um, that was scored. Mm-hmm. Kevin Bieksa mentioned he thought Smith was a bit back far in his net, but they're always yeah, back. That's a, that's a problem. Yeah, that seems to be 
how they play net. Uh, so I don't know. Anyway, but Bruce, this was the owners are they're nursing a lead. They 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 have a lead, and I think if they can get this under ten minutes, I thought they're going to win this game because they've been the better team all night. They're going to get it under 10 minutes, and they're going to win this game is what I was thinking. And then they get a power play. It's like, oh, good, we're going to get down to eight minutes, and yeah. it's the really, uh, you know, sure thing kind of well territory. So, you know, they're up 3-2. Like, you know, they've given – they've allowed Calgary somehow to sneak back into this game, I, I think, undeservedly. I heard Sutter saying the Flames came back and battled hard. I didn't see that, honestly. I, I've been a little bit astonished at the Flames' lack of – hustle for lack of like that's you know i i think that's the right word like i mean they just they don't seem to be taking it to the orders very much anyway they got back in the <clears throat> they're they're back in three two and they're but the orders have gotten it down and it's a nothing play just an icing play that zadorov clears the puck and it goes high into the air it looks like for a second he's screened by the ref then maybe a little bit by keith like there's a few things going on yeah. anyway mike smith is way out of position on the play <clears throat> he is way out of position on the play, mm -hmm. not even close. And that was the weirdest playoff goal against the Edmonton Oilers. I'm saying since Steve Smith banked when it won in 1986, and it had a similar effect on the crowd, totally quieting the crowd. Just that game where Steve Smith scored himself, it drained every drop of energy out of the building, I and it drained every drop of building, every drop of energy out of the Edmonton Oilers at that time, and. It was it was horrible because they just couldn't get it going, and there was that same feeling. Yeah. There was that same feeling here for about two or three minutes. Impending doom, that feeling. Indeed, Bruce. And then somehow, <laughs> somehow they got it going, and you know mm. it started off actually with Darnell Nurse um, getting a great A shot off a dry settle pass, but they did they did get it start to get their mojo back in the game, and mm. and uh, they avoided you know they they fought off the ghost of see Steve Smith in this one, Bruce. And but that's got to be my bad thing is that play by Mike Smith. It was, it was super bad. Yeah, well, yeah. Kane Smith had just had sort of a dubious handle where he had to wait for the puck to clear the no-go zone. And one of the commenters on uh, uh, TV, Rudy, maybe said that that maybe just sort of threw him off for a moment. And he he was able to make the play, and the orders came up, and Kane just coughed it up for no reason, coming over the Calgary blue line. And Rasmus Anderson, not Zdorov. Oh, it was As Anderson. Ra Rasmus Anderson just took a swing at it just to clear it down the ice. And just the way the play was developing, there was two Oilers crossing through the center zone, and the shot went behind both of them, and it went up in the air. So that Smith, like there was no white boards behind it. It was up and in the crowd, and he just never picked it up. It was like an outfielder losing a fly ball in the sun. And he just, he never saw it until it literally bounced. I think he heard it bounce in the crease as it was on its way into the net. And, of course, then he's all, what the hell's going on out here? But, uh, sorry, goalie, that one's on you when they score from 132 feet. Uh, I don't think it was deflected, uh, but if it was, it was right at source. And my son says that the puck actually curved in the air. It was one of these ones that just kind of had a weird trajectory to it. And all of a sudden, so it just was... Uh, May well have. It was oh, hard to tell. Oh man, it's hard to tell the trajectory. Well, you of the couldn't see it because it was against the crowd, and it was, you know, it wasn't low. Like normally, you yeah. can see shots uh, on the camera angle against the ice or the boards, right? And it, it was just 
kind of lost in in the, in the uh, uh, in the model of color in the middle, and Smith clearly lost it, and he didn't have, as you say, a very good position, and so it wasn't quite Vesta Toscola territory, which was like 190 feet. It was from actually behind the goal line. The guy shot it, and it bounced, 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 bounced about 16 times, and the last bounce it went suddenly up and to the right, and past Toscola. <laughs> very famous goal. Look it up on YouTube. If you're mad at Mike Smith, watch the one on Vesa Toscala from 2008. Bruce, what is your bad thing? Yeah, <clears throat> I got to go with Darnell Nurse's coverage on the first goal. And I, I have a tiny amount of sympathy because I think he was trying to do two things at once. Yeah. Uh, he was trying to cover a pass off to Kachuk. I think it was at the edge of the crease. There was a chance for a deflection from there. And so what he did was he kind of kept his stick off to the left. But he went, he does this, it drives me nuts. He goes down on one knee to try and take away the shooting lane, except for this just in. The shooting lane moves with the puck. When the guy with the puck moves to one side, the shooting lane moves with him. When the guy blocking the shooting lane is down on his damn knees, he can't move with him. And he's doing it over and over again. It's like he's got this sort of, I don't know what it is. Like, it, it, it's like, stay on your darn feet, man. You know, battle the guy. You're going to win the battles, but you got to be in the battles to win them. If you take yourself out of the play and the guy just moves five feet to the to the side and fires it in the net and you're off to one side, what are you doing? I, I just don't get it. I, I've seen too much of it this year. Yeah. And he's, he's doing it like a lot. Drop to one knee and cover as much space as possible. Well, <coughs> the, you the know, um, moves, the players move, and they're pretty good. And if you lock yourself into one spot, uh, you know, that's called being a pylon. And he was. Uh, uh, just took himself out of the play as the shooter actually improved his position into the center of the slot. And instead of having a guy in the lane or a stick on his stick, you know, the, uh, Darnell basically wasn't there at all. And, and uh, Lindholm, who has a great shot, was able to let it fly from the uh, from the slot. And otherwise, Nurse, I thought he was a little bit of a culprit on the shorthanded chance that Calgary had at the end that had our hearts in our throats. When Edmonton had a four-minute power play to close it out, and the first thing they did was <clears throat> give up yeah. a scary-looking shot. Uh, uh, and otherwise, I didn't think Nurse had a bad game, but just a couple of individual sort of defensive coverage-type plays that was a little bit, a little bit lax and. One wound up in the net. Thankfully, the other one did not. Yeah, Bruce. Um, one thing I would say about Nurse and Kevin Bieksa pointed this out. I hadn't seen this, hadn't noticed it myself until then. Um, on that play, Lindholm had the puck for, you know, three steamboats, and Nuge was slow coming down from the point to cover him. He mm -hmm. didn't hustle down. That was a good point by Bieksa. That, but it would help Nurse if there was some back pressure. Yeah, yeah back pressure would have helped for sure. And on the uh, that. I couldn't believe it when the Oilers gave up that, that uh, you know, two minutes left in the game and the Oilers on the power play gave up a great mm -hmm. A shot. Like, yeah. what is going on? And that play, we've been praising Connor McDavid a lot. I have, you have, we all mm -hmm. have. Yeah. And he made a bad pass into the middle of the ice and Drysaddle mm -hmm. wasn't able to, to uh, corral it and turned it over. I mean, Leon's 
he's getting closer to 100%. Mm-hmm. He's 85 this game, 85%, up from about 30% after the injury. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a tough, tough pass for him on the move in the middle of the ice. Man, you got you're, you have a one-goal lead, power play, two minutes left in the game. Why are you passing in the middle of the ice? Take it low. Cycle the puck. Yeah. You know, that was a mental error by Connor McDavid. Yes, that kicked off that sequence of pain, which was almost mm-hmm. ultimate pain, because if they had scored, that would have been horrible. And they almost did, because like well, you say, he had a good shot. Smith kicks out a huge rebound right back at the guy, and the, it was mm-hmm. the rebound shot that was back actually on. a really dangerous one. <laughs> so... Yeah, some forwards there didn't uh, cover themselves in glory, but I, um, I'm always on the lookout for that, Bruce. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Now, Backlund, he had a good game for Calgary, and uh, uh, you, you said you didn't think Calgary skated that well. I thought a few of their guys were, were really solid in this game, and I thought the return of Chris Tanev on the back end was um, uh, it made a difference. Uh, even though he clearly has got a bad shoulder, uh, but uh, he, uh, uh, and I thought their their willpower wasn't too bad, but they just, uh, you know, they had they had too big of a deficit to dig out of, and they well they did dig out of it, but it came down to basically uh, who was going to make the big play at the end, and that was the Oilers, and uh, that's my first good thing, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Let me say that he was. Uh, uh, one of those beat on the uh, first Calgary uh, goal. But for Edmonton, he scored the first goal uh, just 21 seconds into the first period by jumping on a gift. Uh, bad pass by uh, uh, Jacob Markstrom, who's uh, supposedly a really good puck handling goalie. Well, guess what? That happens to him, too. Once Is in a he while, he cough good? went up. Yeah, yeah. That was, I uh, thought he was bad. No. I've seen him cough based it up on a lot tonight, of times. Based on tonight's game. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, going into the series, I heard one of the Calgary experts saying that Markstrom's uh, puck handling was uh, uh, a fairly good match for uh, for Smith. Now, maybe that's what we saw there. Anyway. <laughs> I've never noticed uh, but, that, honestly. But Nuge so. buried that one uh, to get the orders off to the good start. Uh, and then, of course, he came up with the... Uh, uh, with the key play at the end of the game, or the key goal, which was a play by uh, by uh, several Oilers, but I'll just single out Nuge because I think you're going to talk more about that goal for driving into the crease, tipping the original shot uh, on net. So he actually got credit, I think, with a six-foot deflection and then a seven-foot rebound, which he was just able to jump on, and Markstrom got a little piece of his paddle on it, but it went off of the paddle and up and into the roof of the net setting off the crowd and it was uh that was a, a big moment and it's good to see the nuge delivering uh a huge goal in the crunch for uh, for the oilers and, and really two tonight uh, two goals uh plus two five shots on net and five block shots you don't wow. see that from a forward very often five yeah. shots five block shots so he was, I'm pretty sure, named the game's first star, and deservedly so, even though it was not a perfect game by him or anybody. This, I thought this game was a lower-quality hockey game than the last game. Yeah, that's true. I like that he scored on that first one, because it was, it, you know, you could you could imagine some of the Oilers players missing that shot. Oh, yeah. But he, he had the calm and the skill to put mm-hmm. that in the net. And, um, yeah. yeah, so... 
<clears throat> yeah, he went to the net on the uh, winning goal. I really loved the winning goal. Mm-hmm. It seemed to me they battled that puck right up the ice. It was a yep. battle to get that puck right up the ice. And Yamamoto and um, I think was involved in that. And yes, uh, if I think I think it was CC who won the first battle to kick that off, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, they won it in the corner. Then Yamamoto gets it out, and Hyman wins it. You know he's battling hard in the corner in the offensive end. <coughs> And then Yamamoto comes in, battles, gets the puck and swoops out and makes the low high pass to Barry, who puts a hard shot on net. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like a, that's a high skill play from both Yamamoto and Barry under pressure as well. Yep. And uh, as you say, Nuge is there. He's right where a forward should be on the doorstep to put the puck in the net. That's how you score goals in the NHL. So it was just, I just love the fact um that the Oilers, they just showed real grit on that play. They This was a team that was, they showed resilience because mm-hmm. after that Smith goal, think, you know, yeah. heads were, people's heads were swimming, the crowd was out of it. And no. the Oilers, you have to imagine the Oilers were also struggling because it's just so mm-hmm. bewildering. Like, how does yeah. that happen? It's, it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. And yet these guys, that line went out there and they ground out just a great goal, fantastic goal. Mm-hmm. So um, the order's resilience culminating in that goal is uh, my first good thing. Yeah, Hyman, Hyman won the battle in the in the first battle in the corner, and then Yamamoto was able to jump on the puck and basically win a battle to get it and and uh, come out behind the net and make that uh, make that pass back to Barry. And you know when you when you think of of gritty players that you expect to come through when the chips are down, I'm not sure that. Uh, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kyler Yamamoto and Tyson Berry are necessarily top of your list. Zach Hyman, no surprise there. But when you start to get those contributions, and I've been thinking all along, the Oilers are not going to win this series with one line doing almost all of the scoring. And they didn't, yeah. And tonight, they they did some of the scoring, but they didn't have to do all of it. And if they did have to do all of it, Oilers would have lost. But they got uh, two big goals from that line of, uh, of Hyman and... Uh, uh, Nugent Hopkins and Yasapoli Tyson Berry played 2023. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's been really playing well in these playoffs. Probably his best hockey for the Oilers. He and Kulak have formed a really sound mm-hmm. pairing. So um, good for him. And I th- actually do see Yamamoto as a gritty kind of player who, who might be in the middle of that yeah. kind of thing. But um, that was a huge redeeming mo- moment for him because on the, that shorthanded goal, Yamamoto had twice failed to get the pocket of the Calgary end and especially yes. the, the first time the first oh. Clarence he had all kinds of time and he just put it right on the guy's stick it happens right it's it's it hockey happens fast yeah. these mistakes happen but man what a lost opportunity and I'm sure he's kicking himself major yeah. <laughs> major about that one um <clears throat> excuse me my second good thing I'm going to single out Cody CC. um he uh Contributed to the Kane goal. He pinched uh, down the down the boards, and uh, was instrumental in, in the Oilers winning that puck. Drysaddle put it to Kane, and Kane uh, scored the goal on a deflection. He has just been Cody CC has been, um, you know, he. I was going to say outstanding, but that's the wrong word for Cody CC mm-hmm. because he's he's not out he's not an outstanding. He's just missed exactly, Bruce. And the number one, he's the best defenseman on the orders right now. He's their number one defenseman. Um, he, 
He just played such a solid game uh, against tough competition, moving the puck, defending the puck. He was eight, made major contributions to three grade-A shots this game, which is really good for a defenseman, and just a mistake on one against, and that was a tough play where uh, Gaudreau comes steaming down the wing a million miles an hour, and CeCe couldn't close him down for on a dangerous shot. <clears throat> Other than that, Cody CeCe at even strength was was um, pretty much spotless. So I, uh, I've i got a lot of admiration for this player. I think he's... Mm-hmm. Um, when he hurt his hand the other game, when it looked like he, he might have... When he took that shot off his hand, oh. I was thinking, oh, this is the one guy. Like, there's a there's a number of one guys they can't lose. This is one of the guys they really can't lose. Like, it will be it'll be a tough go if they lose Cody Cece because he's doing so many valuable things um, at even strength and shorthanded. So he's my other good thing. Right on. Are we on to numbers here, Bruce? Uh You've done your. I think two. I have another good thing, uh, and I'm 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 just going to single out the you know three nothing first period, uh, which by our count we had seven to two grade A shots for the Oilers. I didn't think they totally controlled that period, and I thought they were lucky, frankly, to come out with the three nothing lead. Yeah. Uh, especially late, they made it two nothing fairly early, and a really nice power play goal by. Uh, uh, Zach Hyman that made it two nothing, and then Calgary started to control the, uh, the zone time, but they they really had mostly the puck on the perimeter, and yeah. a couple of outside shots, but nothing uh, super dangerous. And then the orders was like they came over the blue line once, and the puck went to Kane, and he fired a shot and hit the shaft of the defenseman's stick, and it ricocheted right inside the post. Markstrom was just had almost no chance on that to make it three nothing. But uh, anytime you can take a three nothing lead to the room after either period, you know that's a that's a very strong position. And uh, it wasn't strong enough in the end. But uh, in the uh, I guess you could say the mountain was one goal too high for Calgary to overcome it entirely. They could tie it, but they could never get their nose in front. So that uh, that hot start was. Uh, was a big part of the win, but compared to the four nothing second period the other night when they scored all those dazzling goals off the rush, uh, this one was, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take the goals, but they kind of were grinder, or, or you know, they got a lucky break on two of them. But um, yeah, take, McDavid was a mere mortal in this one. Yes, he was. He was. He, was. he had some great plays in the game, but. Mm-hmm. Um, not like in the previous games. Okay, um, let's move on to numbers, Bruce. Okay. <clears throat> My number is four out of six. So at the Cult of Hockey, we we track grade A shots. And if a defenseman, what I say, if a defenseman hasn't made a major mistake on a grade A shot against during the game at even strength, at mm-hmm. even strength, I don't include shorthanded or the power play situations. I consider he's he's kept a clean sheet at even strength. So mm-hmm. four out of the six defensemen did that, which is a really high number. Nice. Nurse, uh, Bouchard, Kulak, and Barry. So, um, you know, Nurse had his moments both <laughs> shorthanded on the power play, giving up chances. But he, even strength, he kept a clean sheet. This is the first time, I, I think, in some time, Darnell has been struggling um, at even strength, you know, largely, I think, or possibly because he's, we don't know how serious his injury is. We know he's playing with an injury. Hasn't looked like himself. He's not. He's not the physical player that he was. 
had two so, good chances, though, David. He had two yeah. good close himself, and he made a really nice pass to R&H on that late power play for a, for a good look. He so. did. He was steaming around the ice pretty well there. <clears throat> Bouchard played with tremendous composure, I thought, and has been throughout the playoffs. He's looking like a veteran NHLer all of a sudden. He's looking calm with, with the puck and making good decisions. Um, Kulak and Barry, just just a very quiet game. They, they didn't get in a lot of trouble in their own end. And um, that's exactly what you want. So Kulak has turned out to be a very solid acquisition by Ken Holland, it's fair to mm-hmm. say. Um, you know, way more value, which is good than the Kulikov trade last year. I mean, Kulikov was kind of up and down with the Oilers. Uh, but he was only a fourth pick. Kulak was a second pick. But they are getting value. You know, they're they're winning. He's a big part of a winning team right now. So um, those four players came up big. And the other guys, Keith and Cece, only made one each, one ma- major mistake each on a uh, grade A shot. Keith was pretty bad, of course, getting beat on the goal. <coughs> but they were also solid other than that. I thought Keith was really good uh, other than that play. So this defense is not a full of... Well, there's there's a big name player in Duncan Keith, but the, this isn't like, you know, Murderer's Row here uh, of the 1927 New York Yankees. This is a this is kind of a, you know, bunch of good players, but um, they're 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 getting it done uh, in most games and they got it done tonight. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they did. And they, they limited, uh, I thought, the number of, of real dangerous Calgary chances, even as I was frustrated by how much time the puck spent in Oilers' territory, but uh, mostly on the perimeter. So. Yep. So my number is uh, is 45. This one's slightly convoluted. Uh, this is the number of points that Leon Dreisaitl has personally scored against Calgary Flames since the calendar turned to 2020. So we're talking like two and a half years now. And the Oilers have played 21 games against Calgary now, including these four in this playoff series. And, of course, 10 last year in the Canadian division. So they played Calgary a lot, 21 games. And those 21 games, Leon's got eight goals, so not that high a total for him. 37 assists and 45 points in 21 games. 37 assists. He has three more assists tonight. And it's the fourth game in a row in this series that he had... Uh, uh, at least three points. Like he's had, you know, three three points, three, three, four, and three, as his points total. Uh, reputedly playing on less than two full legs, and uh, I think more than one, but less than two would probably be the the <laughs> yeah, it would be somewhere in that range. Uh, and tonight he got a he got a, um, uh, a secondary assist on Hyman's goal, but on a nice power play pass to McDavid. And then a primary pass to Kane on the 3 nothing goal. And then he earned a secondary assist on the empty net goal, uh, which I saw while analyzing the scoring chances that uh, I thought he made a terrific play to deflect Noah Hannafin's point shot which was just a desperation shot into traffic, but who knows what kind of trouble could ensue. And Leon, with the big reach and the bigger paddle, uh, got a piece of that shot and deflected it wide, and it wound up hitting the boards out by the uh, trapezoid line and bounced right to McDavid, who shoveled it up to Kane, and Kane did the rest. So 
uh, as I said to you in the notes, you know, not only is it a, a you know a, a contribution to the scoring chance, if they're on the ball, they'll actually award him an assist. And I was pleased to see that, in fact, they did, because it was a kind of a subtle but important play. So that guy, he gets assists any number of ways. And you think two times 50 goal score, he's going to be shooter, shooter, shooter. But against Calgary, he's just crushed them. And he's always had, long had really good games against Calgary and really good results against Calgary. And uh, he has uh, continued that in this series with a vengeance. So it's three games in a row that he outscored McDavid and had the most points in the game. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, truly amazing. Because um, he is, I mean, like he, and he almost scored on the, he, he got off. Finally, he executed oh, the executioner yeah. shot. And, and again, save. I'm thinking, Bruce, if he was healthy, if he was fully healthy, that's in the net. Got it up He's, about a six more inches. Yeah. In. But he, he got a darn good shot. So. It was a great save. Yeah, it was a bullet. And then Markstrom was very sorely tested. Yeah. Well, Bruce, uh, let's leave it there before I uh, dissolve into a... a that that was his only shot of the night. It was, eh? Yeah, well, it yeah. was a heck of a shot. <laughs> heck of a shot, harpooned that at net and almost scored the goal. So, and Bruce, such a huge win. Because Colorado, oh. Colorado looks like it's going to go through in five. And mm-hmm. um, it's really important. Like, if the orders are going to have any hope against a, a f- fantastic Colorado team... Um, They've got to get. They've got to dispatch the flames. They've got to get rest. They got to, you know, they got some guys who are hurting. As much time as they can off, they got to get it. So it's really important. This win was massive in that way too, because if you go seven games, and Colorado's been resting again, mm-hmm. that doesn't bode well um, yeah. for the Oilers. It really just doesn't. Mm-hmm. So. Close it out, you know. Close it out next game if you can. Like that'd be fantastic if it happens. Well, next next game they they can, and of course now we know there's a hundred percent chance they will get a chance to close it out at home, right? If they drop this game, you know, there's every chance they're yeah, going to Calgary right. lose game five, and then they're, you know, so we know they'll get uh, well three chances if necessary to close out this series. But you'd like to, you know, I, I think the key word there is dispatch. Yes, you'd like you'd like to smother the flames <clears throat> as quickly as possible. It's generally a good strategy when it comes to flames. Indeed, indeed. We'll see what happens. I mean, the flames are obviously they're a really good team. They must be immensely frustrated with their play right now and the results good. because. <laughs> yeah, good. I agree, but man, they they are not getting it done. Mm-hmm. So I just think like I I expected a superhuman effort from the flames this game, and of course that was thwarted right off the top with Markstrom's turnover, right? It just takes the wind right out of your sails. So um, that that was good. That was fantastic. That had me uh, yelling happy words. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see what happens next game, Bruce. Thanks for, thanks for talking tonight. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.